a little bit different service today. Um, I want you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, if you would please. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it's page 1057 in the Pew Bible. And I want you to drop down to verse 23. Verse 23 of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. First Corinthians chapter 11, beginning with verse 23. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. It was a, a couple of weeks ago. I was riding, driving somewhere, and um, my oldest grandson, Michael, was with me. And as we're driving, he said to me, Papa, he said, um, when did you become a Christian? And I thought, what a great opportunity, you know. And, and um, you know, we sometimes just think they know. So I was able to share with him and tell him you know, how he became a Christian. And I said, Michael, what about you? you know, and he said to me, oh, when I got baptized. I said, well, remember, buddy, when we, when we did your baptism, I said, we talked about you know, that that doesn't make you a Christian. That you, you, know, you, have to, you have a personal relationship with Christ before we baptize you. I said, remember, you know, we talked about that then. And then a few days later, he was riding somewhere with his grandma. And he told, you know, he said, um, you know, the other day I asked, I asked Papa how he became a Christian. And he told me and, you know, and he talked to me about it. And he said, um, and I wanted to make sure he said, so I, he said, so I, I did it that night. And I thought, what a great gift. These verses we read, did you pay attention to what it said that I received from the Lord? And then he said, do this in remembrance of me. Twice he says this, do this in remembrance of me. What we're going to do today is I have asked uh, seven different people to tell us how they came into a relationship with Christ. And I tried to pick some of those who I knew um, came to Christ in, they were raised in, in a, a church setting and came to Christ that way, and some who didn't, some who were not raised in, with a clear testimony of what Christ is like uh, and what a relationship with Christ means. So what we're going to do is they are just going to come up and they are going to share with us. Um, I asked them to keep it to five minutes, five minutes. And... Um, Kent, did everybody get their sheet? Okay, so here's how we're going to do it. Those of you who are, you know, you seven, uh, Ralph's going first. And then when Ralph's done, we're just going to go right through them. I'm not going to introduce everybody. Your name will be up on the screen behind you. And uh, we are going to just enjoy hearing about how you came to know Christ. Now, 
I'm going to lower this just a little bit, and then they will adjust the sound back there. You really won't need to touch this at all. Um, and Right? Yeah. And so we, we should be good. So, Ralph, come on up, buddy, and share with us. Well, I was first privileged to come in contact with the living God when I was a very, very, very small boy. Uh, To my first realization of what God was all about, my mom and dad brought me to church. It was the first Evangelical United Brethren Church. The name of the church was bigger than me. And um, in the service, uh, they would stand up, very tall men and women around me. I think mom had me standing on the pew. And they were singing the doxology. And then uh, they sang, like at Easter time, up from the grave he arose. Such things impressed me tremendously. But I didn't know too much about that. And then they wanted to take me to Sunday school there. And in Sunday school, we sang songs like, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And so I first learned the name of Jesus in Sunday school. What a precious name. And I thought about him a lot. But I didn't know exactly who he was or what he was all about. And mom and dad didn't go to church an awful lot. So it was quite a bit later that there was a little yellow Sunday school bus that came around from a church called Eastwood Chapel. And would pick me up and take me to Sunday school. And I appreciated it so much. Um, And uh, one of our Sunday school teachers there was Alice Joy Weddle, the daughter of one of the late Dr. Forrest Weddle's um, family. And she was the teacher that we had in our class. And my twin sister and I both raised our hands in the class, indicating that we would like to have Jesus come into our hearts. So we did um, in that sense. And she had prayer with us after that to confirm the fact. And Dr. Weddle came out, Reverend Weddle came out to the house that night to confirm the prayer. But then, like I say, mom and dad didn't go to church an awful lot, and I kind of forgot about that. Uh, But anyway, after I prayed that prayer with Alice Joy, uh, I went home that Sunday afternoon and straightened up the toys in the bottom of my closet and hung up my shirts. And I should have worn my mom because when she saw it, she hit the floor. wonder what had happened to me. Um, And then when I was a near teenager, I became a very angry kid, extremely angry. I was a spitfire. Something didn't go my way. You heard about it, and I made sure you did. And even at one point, almost started to run away from home. And then I would think later, um, wow, what if I became a really rich man or a very influential man, and my life would come to an end and I'd end up in hell? Um, Because I had learned enough about the Lord by that time that I... I knew better than to do something like that, but I didn't know what to do about it or that there was anything I could do about it. Uh, But then in 1959, evangelist Billy Graham brought his first crusade of three to the Indiana State State Fair Coliseum uh, in the fairgrounds in Indianapolis. And mom and dad brought us down there. And uh, my twin sister Rita sat on the right side of my mother And uh, I sat on the other side of her and the Billy Graham began to give the invitation for people to come forward and receive Christ. 
And I wanted to, but I didn't want to get in front of that crowd and admit it. But I knew I needed it. Um, and she said, Ralph, would you want to go forward? And I said, no. But I was afraid not to because I thought, wow, what if I never feel like this again? And I was afraid I might never feel that way again. So she turned to my twin sister and she said, Rita, would you like to go forward with Ralph? And she must have indicated yes. And she leaned over to me and she says, do you want to go forward if Rita goes forward with you? And I said, yes. I never regret that decision. I never will. Um, But God was very faithful to me going home in the car that night when dad was driving the family home from the crusade. I leaned back on the back seat and I looked up in the stars through the back window and I thought, pardoned, it's like a prisoner. I've been a prisoner that all of a sudden I've been pardoned and I'm free. I don't know how I knew that that night, but somehow I felt that I could sense that. But I have just been pardoned from God's beautiful heaven up there by God himself. It was about two weeks later, uh, like at the time of Samson, when he was a, a youth and God began to move him to do his work that God had called him for. I felt something moving. I can't tell you. I can't put it into words. But I knew something was happening to me. And I said to mom, does God forgive of all sin? And mom said, well, yeah, I think he does. And she said, come on in here, dad. Dad, does God forgive of all sin? And dad says, well, yeah, I think he does. And then it was a little bit later as I began to get older in the Lord. I thought, oh, if God can do this for me and put that kind of joy in my heart, I want other people to know this. But how? College. And I knew I had to go to college. The most least likely candidate to do that met one of the most brilliant men in my world. I went to Bible college as a freshman here in Fort Wayne, and I met Dr. Forrest Weddle. And I went back to Eastwood Chapel, where Alice Choi had taught me in the Sunday school class first about Jesus. Um, And, of course, Dr. Weddle became like a second father to me, a second dad, and a spiritual dad, teaching me in many ways and asking him many hundreds and hundreds of questions before he died. So I served Dr. Weddle for 25 years in my life uh, as his associate pastor. And after he died, I took over the chapel for seven years and ran it myself. And there I met my beautiful wife, my beloved church. Thank you. I can't believe I said I'd do this. I wanted to say no. Um, I don't do well talking in front of people, and I don't talk much about my childhood. But I did not grow up um, in a family that knew God or went to church. Um, my parents divorced. I was the oldest of four children. I was eight. Um, and um, somewhere along the line, when I was 11, they decided the thing they would, there was a lot of fighting and things. They decided. 
the thing to do is they'd split us up. Two of us went with my dad and two of us stayed with our mom. And we never saw each other again until um, we were much older. Um, so not a great home life. Um, we went to church a little bit with when we stayed with our grandparents. Um, remember going to vacation Bible school some when we were young. Um, I think the turning point came in seventh grade. The first day of seventh grade, I met my best friend, Lisa. We're still friends to this day. Um, and we just started, we were both extremely shy. Um, so we just came to, kind of came friends because we were sitting beside each other. We were too shy to talk to anybody else. Um, so I started going to her home. I could never take anybody to my house, but we started going to her house um, and hanging out. And it was the first time I saw what a real family looked like. Um, her, she had just the perfect family, um, great parents and a brother, um, and very Christian family. Um, so I started going to church with them. Um, and when I was 12, I moved in with my, um, my father's parents, my grandparents. Um, so I finally, for the first time, had a, a home. Um, found neighbors that went to the same church that uh, my friend did. So I started riding to church with them, became very involved with the youth group. Um, and that's where things started really changing. It started seeing that this, this was something I wanted in my life. Um, and as far as, you know, they would have altar calls and it's something I wanted to do, but I just couldn't make myself stand up in front of people. Um, so it was probably several Sundays, um, that I just really struggled with that. Um, so the one Sunday I asked if my friend Lisa would go up front with me. Um, so we went up together, um, and, uh, accepted Christ into my life at that point. Um, and he has been with me ever since. Um, like I said, my, my grandparents, I became, had a great home with them. Um, from the time I was 12, I met my husband, um, Ken, we've had three wonderful children. Um, we've raised them in a Christian home. One thing I prayed when I was young, I remember praying that I wanted a home that my kids would want to bring their friends to. And if anybody knows us, we kind of have that home um, where everybody, everybody hung out and still do. Even the kids are all adults and they still stop in and see in us. So I think that's um, probably the biggest answer to prayer I've ever had in my life is, is getting that, getting a home um, that my kids um, felt like they could bring their kids their friends home too. So, thanks. Pat, this is way out of my comfort zone. <laughs> my name is Brenda Ardat. I've always had God in my life. I was raised in the Catholic faith. I went to church every Sunday, um, went to Catholic grade school and high school. My parents did a wonderful job raising me with high standards. Jim, my husband, and I stopped going to church after we got married. Then one day, a lady I cleaned for kept asking me if I was going to heaven. I said, if I'm good enough. She kept after me on my relationship with Jesus Christ. So then we started going to a church, a Christian church, Grace Fellowship. 
um, I lost my hand. <laughs> um, we then found a Bible study group at church. Then they talked us into joining a different Bible study called Seeking God and Finding Him. One day, as I was doing my lesson, which at the point, at that point, I was almost done with the study, all of a sudden, I felt someone was behind me. I turned and looked all around. At that point, I knew it was Jesus was right there with me. I then became a born-again Christian. It is not a matter of turning over a new leaf. It is not a matter of getting back in church. Um, It's not a matter of trying to obey God's commands more. And it is not trying to lead a better life. Those are all works or deeds, and they are the result of becoming a Christian, not the foundation. The only way to be forgiven... The only way to become a Christian, the only way to be restored back to God is through repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. Um, I lost, everybody knows I lost my husband about a year and a half ago. And one thing good is that I know where he's at. And someday I will be with him. Yeah, but I, <clears throat> I knew what I was going to say, and then after hearing all them, I kind of changed my mind a little bit. Anyway, um, <clears throat> I, I also grew up uh, in a church. I grew up Catholic, as a lot of you know. Um, and so I ended up going to lots of Sunday schools and learning a lot of those songs and, you know, learning a lot about uh, the Bible and the Lord and the stories. And um, anyway, uh, so that's how, my, that's how my journey started. We actually didn't start going to church until... I was in second grade, um, which, if anything, if you know anything about the Catholic Church, that's when you have your first communion. So my my dad's um, family, he was kind of pressured, you know, to be a good Catholic family. So we started going to church in second grade so that we could, I guess, appease the family. Um, <laughs> so <clears throat> anyway, so that's kind of where my journey started. Uh, as most of you know, I, you know, I... I there was many steps along the way that um, that the Lord got a hold of me. Um, I ended up, you know, becoming, you know, the youth, one of the youth leaders over here and helped run the youth group. And so I ended up taking kids. So I'm, I'm fast forwarding. I'll, I'll step back in a minute. I believe it was that senior year. Uh, the speaker that was there was John Vermillion, I believe it was. Anyway, he he was talking about dominoes, you know, in your life. And so. He was explaining, and we've all heard different analogies, you know, how many people have to not only plant but water in your life before you respond to the gospel, uh, the good news. You know, so as I'm talking, kind of think of some of the people in your life that have been dominoes that have been, you know, as you, you stack dominoes up, you know, and, you know, they all fall down. Anyway, um, so there's. You know, many times that God was using different situations in my life to lead me to him uh, to finally, you know, respond to the gospel. I believe, you know, growing up in the Catholic Church and learning all the Bible stories, you know, was one of them. Um, I 
I've told this before, but I, <clears throat> and I knew a lot about the Lord, but it didn't really matter to me. It didn't, it wasn't something that, you know, I believed in God. If you asked me if I believed in God and, and all that, you know, I could have told you anything about any of the Bible stories, you know, whatever, especially the kid ones. Um, but kind of growing up, there was a lot of people that God brought into my life that, uh, that fed, that watered. Uh, Mr. Cashin is one. He was my seventh grade. He taught, I, I, I had a couple classes with him. I can't remember what my first class was with him, but, uh, for those of you who went to Northwood, you know, Klein and Pete, um, they know, they know Mr. Cashin and he, uh, come to find out later in life, he, uh, he he wanted to pour into kids' lives, you know, as as that type of influence. And he usually picked out one or two kids a year that he really wanted to pour into. And he started a society called the Dead Prophet Society. And he intently tried to get me to come to that after school. And I, you know, I eh, wasn't interested. But he gave me my first Bible. And he was one of the first people who really showed interest in me, you know, coming to the Lord. And, um it was really neat when I, so if you think about the people who fed into you, um, you know, and then you never know what type of influence you have on somebody um, or where you're going to meet up with them again, or if you ever will. Um, but when I finally did accept the Lord and responded to the gospel and felt, you know, Jesus calling me uh, to be a disciple, I called him and invited him to my baptism. And I said, you know, Mr. Cashin, you know, I just wanted to invite you to my baptism. You know, I finally accepted the Lord, you know, whatever. And I didn't hear anything. Uh, are you there? He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he was, I mean, he was crying, you know. Um, and I, I still keep up with him today. But anyway, um, many dominoes happened in my life. Um, my buddy Phil, uh, a lot of you know Phil, he invited me to youth group. When we became, we became friends in high school uh, through cross country and track and became pretty good friends with Phil. He ended up inviting me to youth group. I came for the wrong reasons. Um, but he was able to get me, you know, in the door and continue building a relationship with me. And, um, I knew all those things, all those stories. Um, and I, where's Kent at, you know, Kent was, Kent was the youth pastor in our youth group. And so, uh, I, I kind of became a little antagonist to Kent because I knew all the answers and all the stories and I would ask Kent the hard questions, but a lot like Dr. Weddle, I've been able to legitimately ask Kent questions and, and the, the, the questions that I would ask Kent, you know, like, well, if God knows you're, you're not going to accept him and, you know, and, and you're condemned. Well, why would, why would he let you be born? You know, and Kent's like, <laughs> you know, and so, uh, I legitimately wanted to know some of the answers to those, but I did it in a way that, you know, like, ah, just kind of be that, that punk kid, you know, whatever. Anyway, um, ended up going to CDYC. Uh, so, so Kent was a huge domino in my life, by the way. Um, uh, ended up going to CDYC uh, the year between my junior and senior year. Um, don't remember the the sermon that was pre- or the message that was preached or whatever, but I do remember. Um, my, I can't remember his name. The guy had sticks. Adrian. Adrian, yeah, Adrian is up on stage and he's got all these six, seven, eight foot sticks sticking out of his pants, and I'm like, what in the world is this guy doing? And he goes, this is what you look like when you try to do it on your own. This is what you look like when, you know, when you leave God out of it. This is what you look like trying to save yourself, you know, whatever. And, um, you know, they, they had an altar call. I, you know, I, I felt like I have to, you know, I have to, to do this because I don't want these thick sticking out of my pants anymore. You know, and it's just, um, but, uh, 
so that, that was kind of the start of my journey. Um, you know, there's many times along the way where I knew I wasn't quite living the way God wanted me to and, um, you know, have done different refocusing of my life or, you know, recommitment, whatever you want to say. But there are a couple of verses um, that I want to leave you with. Um, so I, my, my journey now is to attempt to be a domino in people's life, um, you know, and, and be, because you never know what type of influence you have. Uh, we got to, you know, the discipleship is after the dominoes have fallen, we need to make sure that we are pouring into people's lives as, as, you know, as we are all disciples and we all need to disciple. But, you know, getting to that point, too. But now uh, Ephesians, Ephesians 5, 8. Five, eight through nine. I'm just going to read the one spot. You can look it up and, um, and then 11 through 13, but, um, have nothing to do with the fruitless, fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. And before that, and, and that's in my life, talking about in my life, you know, trying to continue to weed things out for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord live as children of light for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Um, where is the verse that I wanted? Anyway, I, it, I didn't write it down. Um, it's basically uh, we make it find out what pleases the Lord. And I, I'll have to get that to you at some point. But <laughs> I had it written down and that's not Kent knows it. Pat says Kent knows it. But the, the gist of the verse is, you know, we know the things that don't please the Lord. Find out what pleases the Lord. Um, and then Second Corinthians 5, 9 so we make it our goal to please him, whether we're at home in the body or away from it. So um, finding out what pleases the Lord and making it our goal to please the Lord. So that's, that's my journey now. Um, but anyway, that's it. very blessed to be raised by parents who are Christians and um, began teaching me about Jesus at an early age. I accepted Jesus as my Savior when I was about five or six, and I do remember uh, doing that. But um, then as I grew older, I continued to choose to follow Jesus and uh, learn more about him. Um, But of course, I wasn't perfect. The Bible tells us that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and I was certainly no exception. Uh, And there was one particular thing that I was struggling with. No matter how hard I tried or how much I prayed about it, I just could not seem to forgive this one particular person who had hurt me. And one night as I was praying about this, uh, I suddenly felt as if my eyes were really opened. For the first time, I felt the weight of my sin on my shoulders. And I realized that the offenses done to me by this other person were so small in comparison to my sin against the Almighty God. I realized that I'd been living with uh, an attitude that, you know, I'd been mostly good and forgiven a little. And that night I asked God to forgive me for those attitudes and sins. And my heart was finally freed. I was able to forgive this other person, and we actually have a good friendship now and pray for one another. And um, But even more, my heart changed, and, uh, and I have a deep personal relationship with God. 
and um, so much joy in sharing him with the people around me and with my daughters. And um, recently was able to lead, lead Kaylee to Christ as well. And so I'm just so thankful that, uh, again, like John mentioned, the dominoes that poured into my life and um, that uh, God did not give up on my heart even when it was not um, as soft as it should have been um, towards his correction and leading. I want to thank everyone who's shared so far. That's great testimonies. Uh, Pastor Ryan asked me to share how I came to Christ. Um, similar to Don, I was young. I grew up in a Christian home. My dad, dad was a pastor, um, and uh, so I, I don't, I don't know how old I was. Maybe five, maybe younger. I don't know. But I'd always heard about Jesus, and my parents led me to the Lord. I grew up in the church that my dad pastored. Doctor Weddell was our pastor for years. Um, so the church, the church, my family played such a huge role in me coming to Christ and me staying with Christ as well. My Sunday school teachers, um, uh, it was all very important to me. So, you know, it's not a, it's not one of those spectacular testimony moments where I was saved from a life of drugs and alcohol and wild women and so forth. And yet, but yet I was, I was saved from that life. I just didn't have to enter it, uh, before I was saved saved from it. Uh, but, and it's so cool, you know, Don shared about uh, Kaylee. It's, over the last several years, we, uh, a lot of children in this church have come to the Lord because their, their parents are, are raising them and teaching them about the Lord. That's fantastic. That's, that's the ideal. So what has Jesus done for me in the meantime, since then? He saved me from myself. He saved me from myself. Um, even being saved as, as, a, as a child, four to five, however old I was, I'm still a great sinner. Um, I'm a great sinner, and if, if I were not a Christian, I would be a far worse sinner. You know, whatever, whatever good you might see in me, uh, whatever things you might think, oh, yeah, that's, that's great about Kent. That's not me. <laughs> that is so much Jesus. Um, I can take no credit whatsoever. And uh, whatever failures you see in me, that's all me. <laughs> that's all me. You know, I, I get it. I get why. Um, I get why older saints will will say, uh, you know, at my funeral, don't talk about me at all. Just talk about Jesus. You know, that's what I want at my funeral. Because if you say anything good about me, it's re- it really wasn't me. It was Jesus. You know, it was it was it really was Jesus. Uh, so he saved me from myself. He's transformed my future. My future was hell. And I deserved it. I deserve it. My future was hell. Um, but he saved me from that. And he's given me eternal life and he's given me hope. He's given me a new future. Um, he gives me his word and his spirit. His word and his Holy Spirit are my lifeline. Uh, I don't know where I'd be without the scriptures. I don't know where I'd be without the Holy Spirit applying the scriptures to my life and convicting me uh, of sin and leading me in the way of righteousness. Um, what, he, what has he done for me? He is absolutely determined to bless me. <laughs> he is absolutely determined to bless me. I remember years ago when I was in college, I was at church at Eastwood Chapel where my dad was pastoring. And uh, I remember thinking about grace. 
And I asked the Lord, you know, Lord, teach me about grace. I know what grace is, but I just don't feel like, a, you know, what, what, what is grace? Because I'll tell you what, as I was growing up, I heard nothing but praise and compliments. Oh, Kent this, Kent that, Kent that, and so forth. And um, you come to believe that kind of stuff, you know. And um, so the Lord started teaching me about grace, and he started revealing to me my heart. He started revealing to me my propensities that didn't actually manifest itself in actual behavior, but that stuff was in my heart. You know, the wickedness and the evil and the malicious thoughts and slander and so on and so forth. So he's been in the process for the last 25, 30 years of teaching me grace. And I have learned of what he saved me from and how he continues to love me and pour his blessing upon me. Pat. Pastor Ryan framed the question, you know, as you think about your testimony, what is it that you want your kids to know? What is it that you want your grandson to know? I guess what I want them to know is that you don't walk away from Jesus Christ. Don't ever walk away from Christ. It would be the stupidest decision you've ever made. Don't knowingly disobey him. And if you do disobey him, then confess it. Confess it. And he is faithful and just to forgive you your sins. Don't walk away from Christ, but cling to him because he is so for you. He is more for you than anyone else will be. Heaven is real. Hell is real. God's love for you is real. Um, Jesus really did die on the cross so that you would not so that you would not go to hell and that you could go to heaven if you put your faith in him. God's word is true and prayer works. Okay, this is very difficult for me because I don't talk in front of anybody unless I'm going to give a joke. But I was raised from the day I was born. My mother said she put hands on herself and gave us to God. I never understood that. But anyway, I was raised in the church, Southern Baptist, hellfire and damnation. If you're bad, you're going to go to hell. This is a rule. So as a 10th child, I was the devious child. I loved to pull pranks on people. I loved to make jokes. Still do. But anyway, I thought every time I would break a rule that I thought, well, I'm going to hell. So why bother? So I... We'd go back, I would study, and then I remember part of their thing in the Baptist church was you witnessed other people. My daddy was not a Christian. My mother was a devout Christian. He would take me with him on jobs. He was um, worked on refrigerators. And I thought, okay, I'll witness to him. He can't get away from me because we're, we're in the truck. So I said, Daddy, if you died now, would you go to heaven? He said to me, sit over there and be quiet. So I never said another word to him about God. 
Well, he died when I was about 14 years old. But he did become a Christian before he died. Thank God. So he was the ruler of their house. You do what he said. All the kids got to come to our house, but we couldn't go to theirs. And that's so they could keep an eye on us. I understand that. But anyway, when he died, I thought, okay, I'm bad. I do things I know I shouldn't do. I smoke cigarettes. Shouldn't have. There was no alcohol in our county, so that was not a problem. There was no drugs. Thank God, because I may have been one that would have taken them. I was angry, very angry. Then my brother died, and my mom, so calm. I said, how can you be so calm? I know where he is. And I know I'll see him again. So I didn't understand that. I never, I can't say I truly walked with God. I knew he was there. I know he's real. But I figured he's going to send me to hell anyway. And I would get in the Bible and I would study and I would study. And then one day, it's like, he he loves me. Regardless of all the things that I think and do. And from that day on, it's like my whole world changed. And I was baptized when I was nine years old. I accepted Christ. But did I walk with him? Always? No. But thank God I do now. And I want my children. Pray for my children. They were raised in the church also. But they went their way. But about... Two months ago, my daughter said, Mom, our family's back in church. You do not know what that does to a mother's heart. So that's my story. And I pray every day that my children, my grandchildren, even great-grandkids, will come to know the Lord. And walk with him, as Kent said. Don't, don't walk away because the answers are not the world. And that's what I got to say. Thank you, all of you. Um, I know for some of you this was terrifying to get up here and share, and I appreciate it. I want to read to you again the verses we started with. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So what's your story? How is it that you came to know Christ? If you're thinking, and you're thinking, well, um, I don't have that story. This is a time where you can pray and say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. And please forgive me. We're going to take communion, which is a remembrance 
of his sacrifice for us.